Welcome, one and all, to the great show, or the Podcasting Guild, as we're sometimes referred to, Podcasting Guild Babylon 5. I'm your host, Eric. We're joined by the forgetful one, Mr. Andrew. I don't think you forgot this time, so we're on the right show today. For Yeah, forget what, Eric? <laughs> what is there to forget? Oh, so many things, Andrew, so many things. Uh, yeah, I'm here too. Thanks for that, Eric. Yeah, he didn't forget to show up either. <laughs> Lovely intro as always. I know. Only the best intros for Andrew. You know, I sit down and I and HBO is like, here, Andrew, here is the next episode for you to watch. <laughs> and I say, thank you. This is literally why I have you. And then it turns out that the order is different. I don't understand yes. that. Why is the order different? You can't trust the man, man. You just can't. Gotta think for yourself. Yeah, I guess just, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, watched A Voice in the Wilderness, part two. Part two, excellent. Yeah, what an episode. Let's talk yeah. about it. So we start off. Ron Canada shows up on his really cool looking spaceship. And that's how we enter part two. If you remember from part one, we ended that episode with a bit of a cliffhanger. Garibaldi wondering what the hell's coming through the jump gate. And it turns out it's an Earth Force heavy cruiser. I have to say, I really like the design of the ship. And as I mentioned, Ron Canada playing Ellis Pierce, the captain. For those of you unaware, Ron Canada is a bit of a character actor that shows up all over the place. And he has an awesome name, too. I should note that. <laughs> he was great. My first, my first note in here is how dope the captain is. Yeah, uh, and I agree. The design of the ship is great, but man, we we have yet to meet other than Sinclair. We have yet to meet a commanding officer from Earth Alliance who isn't just a total knob. <laughs> yeah, you know, very true. Who isn't completely full of themselves and and absolutely horrible. <laughs> uh, so that you know continues in the tradition. Although, yeah, I loved the character actor. You know. It was a great character. Yeah, here to do war stuff. Not so interested in the diplomacy thing. Yeah, it looks like... I just get the feeling that all the other commanders just look down on Commander Sinclair. That's why they just kind of always are mean to him when they show up. Yeah, I would I would say so. Yeah, a lot of the other commanders are depicted as having like a chip on their shoulder yeah. about Sinclair. Which you'd think that some of them... You know, if he's popular enough for the president to have his back, you'd think one or two would be like, oh, <laughs> oh, what's up? Let me let me be cordial and work with you. Because once again, once again, the captain didn't do anything wrong except be a jerk about it all and be right, super stubborn yeah. <laughs> and insistent, you know, and if he had just been like chill and, you know, anyway. Yeah. Oh, and, and speaking of heavy handed, Garibaldi. <laughs> opened this episode laying hands on some people now granted they were talking about like casually nuking people which yeah. you know isn't yeah. isn't a cool thing to not a cool thing to you know yeah casually advocate for but uh he seems to get away with a lot of throwing hands in response <laughs> to words well uh, this isn't the first time it's happened <laughs> let's be honest as chief security who's gonna arrest you yourself you can't arrest yourself it's true, but you'd think if there was one place you would want your cops to not be like openly corrupt and, you know, have a pass to just beat people up, 
it yeah. would probably be like a diplomatic station. for sure by the way sure. i love how even after they all realize that this spoiler alert the planet is set to explode if it ever <laughs> doesn't have a living mind attached to it and also has defensive planetary defenses that can just wipe them all out no one's <laughs> like should we move should we maybe go to another planet no they all just they stay there they just stay there yeah yeah it does seem that Batman five is kind of hard to move if we're honest so i'm not quite sure they would accomplish that you know it's not like you've lost four other babylons so yeah why 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 take precautions true i like the description of anima gave that some of the computers were five to ten miles across because yeah. i was like really they use miles use miles miles made it into space <laughs> nasa uses kilometers well except when they don't and things end up crashing into mars because they forgot to convert it yeah except right <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it crashed i don't think i think it crashed back into earth i don't think it even made it yeah yeah uh but yeah that is <laughs> that's true there was some famous misconversion <laughs> that led to that led to some failed launch yeah, and a lot of money getting uh, burnt up pretty quickly there. Let's see, what else to say about this episode? Uh, they still have cleaning ladies. They do? You know, you, ex- you might expect some Roombas to be up there, but nope. Nope, just some just some cleaning ladies wearing an outfit from like a, a mid-90s hotel. <laughs> Put there up in space. Well, you know, they need... People that clean stuff too, I suppose. But yeah, I think it would make sense that by now they would have cleaning robots. I would hope. Well, yeah, it it actually did look like the cleaning robot from the Jetsons, except not a robot, a person. But yeah. It was like, yeah, a yeah. big, bright pink. Yeah. I don't I actually <laughs> don't even remember exactly what the outfit was. Yeah. I liked when um, Delane and her buddy came around the corner and her buddy like hears his name called in creepy tones and was like <laughs> i heard my name it's this way i'm like dog where is your you know i feel the same way when my dog pulls at traffic it's like where's your survival instinct you hear a creepy voice beckoning you by name to walk the other way what do you i mean it turned your in this case it turned out kind of a little bit sort of i guess he 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 went along with it so it was okay but I don't know, man. Yeah, you hear a creepy <laughs> voice telepathically beckoning you. Don't don't listen to it. Just don't listen to it. Yeah, well, they needed some excuse for them to go to Medland to find the alien that uh, they brought back from the planet. I guess that's the only thing they could do is to make him telepathic on top of everything else. Yeah, true. I mean, I guess we knew he was already a little bit... What Was the implication that... What's his name? I forgot his name, but Delane's buddy. Drawl. Um, Drawl that he saw the same vision as the other characters did in the previous episode. And they just yeah, didn't want to like, they just didn't want to do the CGI. So they just, yeah, I think it was implied that he got visited by the CGI version of that character or his projection from this planet. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so they, yeah, they go to the med lab where Dr. Franklin's like, no, you can't come in. Leave right now. It's like super insistent. Yeah. And then the patient make a, makes a gurgling noise and all that's forgotten. They're like, no, <laughs> we're coming in. And he doesn't have anything to say about that. <laughs> well, you have to figure that uh, Mr. Garibaldi's security forces stretched really thin. 
because I only had those two security guards that weren't even able to protect the uh, the ombudsman from a couple episodes ago. Oh yeah, no, they can't. They can't protect the judge on the trip from the courthouse to the judge's quarters. Yeah, no, it's uh. Yeah, they don't have any guards stationed outside of Med it's Lab. A dire either. situation up in up in Lab Five. <laughs> so basically, they figure out that the planet's going to explode. And then I thought rather redundantly they also had the alien explain the plot. Yeah. But the, but he explained all the things that the characters had just figured out and exposited mm-hmm. in the previous few scenes. So I was like, pick a lane, guys. You, you know, you yeah. didn't need the alien if they were going to figure this out by science. But yeah, so that basically they figure out that the planet is blowing up specifically oh actually this is what the alien adds because there isn't someone plugged into it right and right away katie's like they're gonna ask Geraldo to replace <laughs> them and can go be plugged into the machine she called it like right away <laughs> katie's a smart one yeah yeah she is a smart one they need a new guardian yeah no one no one else seems to clock this even as Drawl's like, oh yes, only one of us, you know, one <laughs> of us may not return. It's guaranteed. Like, yeah, no one seems to be like, oh, he's going to replace him. Yeah. I found it odd that they selected Malari of all people to go with them. I mean, yeah, the character from the planet appeared to him, but why bring Londo? I think because he's a fan favorite. I don't know. I think maybe they're reading the room. Yeah, they're seeing you know they're they're screening all these with test audience. And maybe that's not true. I don't know how shows work, but uh, <laughs> like you know, Jakar hasn't been in any any of the past like three episodes, right? And yeah, <laughs> let's be honest, it's because Jakar kind of sucks. Like he, yeah. <laughs> you know, at least he's not like quite as awful and rapey as he was written in the pilot. They dialed it back a bit, but he's mm-hmm. still. He's, he's a bit ass. of a jerk right yeah now. he's a yeah. jerk whereas londo's a fun guy like yeah takes like 20 hours to put on hey that hair takes a while i guarantee you that hair takes a while do <laughs> you think it's you don't think that's a wig that's got to be a wig 100 <laughs> percent. right maybe come on come maybe. On. it's gotta be <laughs> he grew his hair out for, the, for the part he's a method actor <laughs> he's, he's a, a method actor <laughs> Uh, yeah he used to be 800 pounds he lost like 700 pounds or 600 pounds for this role yeah uh he's a method actor (laughs) what else about this i don't know there's there's a few i don't know there's a lot of uh tropes that we've seen a million times like everyone you know there's a lot of like i'm in charge here no i'm in charge here right i feel like we've we've seen that we've seen that happen and this one ended. I mean, I can't say I loved how it was. It was resolved. Basically, Sinclair called Daddy. Yeah, and, and you know, he was like, "Papa, Papa." They're saying I'm not in charge, Papa. <laughs> they're like, "No, no, no, you are in charge." So yeah. it's like, oh, "Okay, well, that's you know held held up against the other plot line of you know the planet's going to explode and kill everybody." <laughs> that was that was a little bit weak sauce. <laughs> yeah, th- this is when we retreaded a few times in the last like seven episodes. I feel 
Yeah. Where he's constantly being overruled and he has to do something about that. Yeah, no, I like I get it. Not no one from Earth Alliance or Earth Force, whatever it's called, is is capable of just being like a diplomatic person cordially navigating their way you know through these situations <laughs> yeah, they're all yeah. just yeah wrecking balls of of people yeah i mean ron Cannon is a pretty sturdy fellow if we're if we're honest a wrecking ball seems like an appropriate well he's been my favorite and he you know he wasn't like a villain i would yeah. say yeah quite you know not quite like the, the the last one who you know was turned out to be <laughs> an agent of, of bester right right but yeah no he was great i did love yeah. the captain but yeah. yeah, we've seen we've seen this tension a few times before. Mm-hmm. Also, I would say disappointing was Garibaldi's. I mean, I voiced this on the last episode <laughs> that I didn't think the setup of his arc was very satisfying. But man, I should have waited for the payoff because <laughs> it was <laughs> it was even worse. <laughs> was yeah, not a super compelling plot arc. I'm surprised. And, you know, they had like four plot arcs going Mm -hmm. why why have why have a couple of them be so be so weak i think you brought it up last episode that it's a two episode arc with not quite enough meat on the bone for a full two episodes but more than you can fit in one episode i think that's probably what it comes down to is they're just trying to fill it up a little bit and you know even last episode sounds (laughs) smart yeah i bet that's right (laughs) And Garibaldi points it out a little bit later on. It's like he kind of, in a way, breaks the fourth wall a little bit without intending to do so, where he basically questions why his character is even on this episode. But he's like, what am I going to do? Arrest the planet? <laughs> I thought that was yeah, kind of funny because it was also kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit because, again, it's questioning what's he even doing in the episode. And they find a little for him to do, which is like go follow Dylan and Malari and draw down to the planet for some reason. It's true. I mean, what was he doing in the episode? All he really did was make trouble. Yeah. Like, it never yeah. was explained why him following them. Why wasn't he shot at? Like, we know why they weren't shot at, but they didn't know he was there. Right. So it's not like the the alien was, like, communicating with the computer and being like, all right, don't shoot him. <laughs> but yeah. you know, he just shows up after you know the whole yeah there's a lot of hand waving between when it comes <laughs> to this, these planetary uh, expeditions the last one it bugged me right through this episode i couldn't stop thinking about how in the last in part one they were like oh yeah the, it caved in we don't know how to get back to the ship we're limited on oxygen <laughs> it's like oh yeah how are they going to yeah. get out of this oh oh they're just going to walk they're just gonna walk back. I guess. I guess they found a, a way back because here they are, yep. just walking yep. with their feet. That's how they got. Oh, <laughs> great! What a what a compelling resolution. <laughs> okay, all right, we're retreading old ground here. You know, I loved the premise of these episode arcs. I love the you know ancient defensive system guarding you know some computer mm-hmm. that is that is nebulously and maybe a bit ominously for the future, whatever that means. Right. Uh, you know, th- that I found great. Premise, 10 out of 10. Execution, maybe like a four. <laughs> we did get to see some cool new ships, though. Yeah, so I agree. The, we saw some cool spacey things happen. And I loved how here for it Ivanova was. Ivanova was 
ready for it. She, she, you could tell she was just like, yeah, super. When Sinclair was like, launch the fighters, Ivanova couldn't even hide the smile. She was like, yes, yeah, it's happening. But yeah, everyone was very stubborn and. I can understand, I guess, why Sinclair felt he had to escalate, because if he didn't, the planet was going to blow up and kill everyone. But yeah, yeah, things things escalated quickly. <laughs> Very quickly. Very quickly. And then, first of all, Captain Ron Canada starts messing with the planet, and that triggers more defensive things uh, happening. And then a large alien ship shows up. And starts to try to claim the planet, which at least brings Captain Ron Canada on sides with Commander Sinclair. And they're now on the same team together, which is cool. Doesn't have to fight his Earth Force people. Yeah, so yeah, they, they were reluctantly or, you know, whatever, begrudgingly on the same team. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the aliens arrive and kind of announce themselves by like shining super bright lights. <laughs> at, at the station and at the the cruiser and that turns out to be scanning and they're like we've analyzed your language and then they speak in very broken english it's like well you didn't analyze it super yeah. well did you <laughs> this is you know if you're gonna learn a language in in 20 seconds at least at least put some effort in come on man yeah seriously yeah, come seriously. on guys <laughs> where's your articles where's your prepositions <laughs> conjugate your verbs yeah Yeah, at least they gave voice to the fact that they had to try to learn the language to speak it although it it does bear in mind how did they learn it so quickly even a super intelligent species would still take time to understand context and other things and it was funny how he's like 10 of your hours or your earth hours or something like that i was like how does he even understand the context i mean from a writing point of view you can understand why star trek is just like it's universal translator shut up shut up stop asking about it it's a universal translator just shut up right (laughs) we'll see maybe maybe the bab five writers will eventually just stop trying to address it because you know it just wastes screen time Mm -hmm. like you have you have you have to have the characters communicate just hand wave it (laughs) right (laughs) unless the whole episode's about them learning how to communicate with this species it doesn't make sense to have that even be part of it true True, which could be, I don't know, I, I feel like if someone clever could do that in an interesting way where you could make that the premise of a, a whole episode or something. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so Delane and her buddy Droll, Drom, Dra- Drag, <laughs> Drawl. Drawl. He's, Say it he's with a very Drawl character, isn't he? <laughs> convince, it, it wasn't hard to convince, but convinced Londo to fly to the planet with them yeah and you know i this again like i get that he chose them but again it's mm-hmm. not it's not less weird than sinclair going to have two alien ambassadors go right like it's <laughs> equally weird maybe yeah. even more weird because at least sinclair is like a military dude so okay you can kind of and he used to you know be a be a starfighter so Sure. And I guess, I guess Londo did too, but still. What about Delane? <laughs> Clearly he hadn't done it in a while. <laughs> that was a great scene, though. I loved he was having a good time. And I loved whoever's piling that shuttle is a madman. Hard cut to Londo. 
That was great. And I loved if I were a landing uh, thruster, <laughs> where would I be? That was a, that was maybe yeah. the best line of the episode. I really liked that. This is a good a couple episodes for Mondo, yeah. for sure. I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm not even attempting to give a plot synopsis. I'm just giving my hot take in roughly chronological order throughout the episode what do you am i bad mouthing your favorite episodes what 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 do you think about this one no this is clearly something that establishes some more of the background for the larger plot arcs are going on there's obviously now an insurrection going on on mars in the background what you're hearing about through garibaldi's arc and then we have this development on the planet technologically for which you know, may or may not come into use at some future date or time in the series. Who knows? But, you know, this is basically a Chekhov's gun for the for the entire series. Like, we got now this giant planet with all this technology and weaponry on it. It's clearly going to be used at some point. And so it's kind of establishing this. And, it, you know, this is one of the, the larger story arc okay. episodes or a series of episodes, to be sure. It may not have the best execution, but the premise there and the, the story elements behind it really start to develop a lot of the, the main story arcs that will be affecting things so clearly the insurrection on mars been highlighted in the last couple episodes but why they already like you maybe maybe they felt like sinclair had enough story arcs but yeah why did they half-ass one for garibaldi just to talk about the mars thing sinclair's from there right mm-hmm. i think that's a, a fair Fair criticism, to be sure, and you know, it's like I said, even Garibaldi, Garibaldi should have a there. daughter. He should have a daughter. He should have mm-hmm. someone that like he can be paternal to contrast him with his bar fighting scenes, and who can be put in danger <laughs> all the time, like at Mars, right? If it was a daughter who we'd seen like a bonding scene of eight episodes ago, right. this would have worked so much better. We'd been like, oh my god, she was on Mars. Is she okay? Not like mm-hmm. who. Who, oh, this lady who's married and is having a baby. And now, in hindsight, all all this pining you were doing was, was pretty misplaced. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't get why they didn't bring back the presidential security character for that arc. That would have made sense because she would have been back there. Maybe she would have been on Mars helping out with presidential security and she gets caught up in this. And they clearly had a connection and they had already established her well totally. ahead of time. And that would have been cool totally. to see her. And, you know, you could be like, I failed her father and I'm about to fail her. Not, like, exactly. Exactly. It would have been an old wound, you know, that we've established before. I don't know. I think almost anything, almost anything would have been better than sort of angsty pining over a woman who turns out to, <laughs> like, be A, totally fine. Like, actually, hashtag blessed. I'm doing great. How are you? are you garibaldi Uh, yeah like Mm -hmm. she's doing great you know (laughs) recently married having a child yeah Yeah. garibaldi what the fuck man get your get your get your life together here buddy (laughs) stop stop starting bar fights yeah they're just putting him deeper and deeper into this film noir they do storyline like it's a broken heart now he's in bar fights all the time oh boy (laughs) yeah I guess I don't I don't dislike film noir story arcs. I just thought this one was ham fisted. You know what else yeah. I didn't like was how slow when they so there was you know the there's a a gunfight a, a spaceship exchange of maybe not lasers <laughs> but glowy space munitions. 
plasma balls. Whatever of they light. are, they yes. were so low. They were so low. <laughs> like these guys were basically point blank, right? Big enough that you know you could yeah. see it. Uh, uh, a quick, you know, a hard jump off of one, and you could probably get to the other spaceship, right? They were they were close, mm-hmm. and they were like these, yeah. These shots were, were <laughs> taking their time getting over there. Spaceship was gone by the time they got yeah. there. We saw a bunch of shots miss. We barely shot, saw any hit. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a, not an impressive display of gunnery, I thought. Yeah, and I thought it was a little funny when Ivana was commenting on the Earth Force cruiser like turning its main guns towards the big bads. You hear it in her voice. She's getting really excited, like, oh, my God, they're going to turn their main weapons on them. And then it's like, issued a couple of shots and about the same as yeah, all the other shots. Exactly. They were and most of them miss. <laughs> I felt like the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, you guys kind of built this up. Did no one tell the animators? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think maybe they forgot to tell the animators or they ran out of budget to, to have the cool lasers. Because really, like, here's what would have made narrative sense if they used the heavy cruisers main battery right as obviously these are the biggest baddest guns here and if they had shot the enemy vessels and it barely affected them as a way to set up Mm -hmm. how impressive or advanced the planetary defenses are when later we see them just like tear through them like it's nothing but they didn't do that (laughs) they kind of set up that and then they just whiffed and yeah they didn't say it for sure you did see a few shots hit particularly from the fighters but no damage was done or very little damage was done. But I think to your point, they should have commented on that, but like we're throwing everything we have at it and we're not even scratching them and they're just getting through and they just about blew a hole in the front section of Babylon five. They can't survive much longer. Take much more of it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Oh my God. Can we talk about, okay. So as long as we're talking about this fight scene at the end, we have to talk about droll becoming the new machine. A, a, this is kind of a short-sighted mm. mechanism that always needs a person. And and they mentioned that it'll help him live longer. But look, this dude's already, right. I mean, even if it'll help him live longer, you know, you know, he's he's burnt <laughs> he's most of old. his candle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know, this seems like a very temporary... You need a constant supply of martyrs, basically, <laughs> computer brain martyrs, right. to run the machine right. or your planet just explodes. One thing I didn't quite understand with the whole planet plotline from both episodes was, okay, so the guy's dying, yeah. right? And he sends out this massive signal into who knows where in space, trying to track down his people, but yet he knows his people already died off eons ago. So why did he send a signal at all? knowing that those outcasts would probably find it at some point too. It's like, did he mean for them to come here to get blown up? Or what was the reasoning behind sending a signal at all if he knew no one was out there I to hear it? I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't think there's a good explanation there. And I also don't think there's a good explanation for why he waited till he was like so close to dying Almost that dead. it was a problem. <laughs> you know that like yeah stuff sure. yeah because they like, like oh yeah i've been listening to you guys for a while now it's like well you uh yeah you sure took your time <laughs> sure took your time being like oh i'm i'm dying in a few days <laughs> and the plan's yeah. about to explode 
you know, anyway, yeah. maybe that's why this dude was plugged in the machine. The rest of his race was like, uh, you filled out the waiver, right? And he was like, what? No, I was going to do that uh, tomorrow. I was like, well, that was what I was due today. So I guess... I guess Mr. Procrastinator here is it. I hope that doesn't have any dire consequences. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, this dude procrastinating. Anyway, okay, but no, I want to talk about Droll because Droll was all like, no, this is what I wanted. I already said I was done with life, and I and this way I yep. can help save lives and find meaning. I'll save people. And then the mm-hmm. next time we see him, he's like, what's up, y'all? I just want to let you know that if anyone steps on my turf, I'll murder you. I will murder all of you. Saving lives. <laughs> hashtag blessed. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. His first action is to blow up the only other yeah. surviving members of that Cold guy's race. Blooded. Rather than like freezing their ships or something and trying to talk to them. <laughs> he just completely blows them up. It's true. Yeah. Yeah absolutely cold-blooded blows them up no remorse it doesn't hear their side of the story there's clearly more than one viewpoint being expressed here right and is it is it obvious that the dying alien is giving the whole unbiased truth i don't know maybe maybe but uh droll wasn't wasn't here to listen to anything else diplomacy is not as strong so yeah no okay. he's here to save lives and to find meaning and to complete his life of peace and i will straight up murder your face if you come to this planet i will murder all of you don't test me don't test me that's that's what trolls about <laughs> saving yeah. lives guys saving lives i also like how we went from a couple kind of weak ass missiles to this giant fuck off space laser in one episode, it was like, where was that yeah, last episode? Yeah, yeah he says, fully online. So, you know, again, this other dude just let himself be so close to death that, like, he wasn't able, even able to operate the machine properly, is, is what I gather. Right. They never say that, yeah. but I guess that's the implication. It's implied, I suppose. Uh, which, which, yeah. Again, you know, why? That's just why, why did you wait so long? But all right, now Droll's in charge. Mm-hmm. Droll, the ruthless cold-blooded <laughs> oh my god yeah. oh i just wanted to comment real quick on the fact that when they get down to the planet obviously there's no oxygen on the planet right. for them but delenn and Drawl and malari just have these little nose yeah. breathers <laughs> for them whereas garibaldi's wearing the full face mask when he shows up I'm like How's that work exactly? Are you guys like half breathing in the real? What's going on? I don't get it. No, it's true. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, costumes just didn't have enough. So like, it's fine. Right. Just have these little. <laughs> they couldn't figure out how to fit it over their hair and her head bone. Right. And I, guess. And I, you, there, I don't think there was any tube coming out of them. It was literally just the plastic cup with maybe yeah. a little, yeah. little painted thing at the bottom. But yeah, it was pretty minimal. <laughs> And then yeah. they do some fun. I bet. I bet they just like you know wave a magnet over it or something. Fun little effect to to add yeah. oxygen. Because again, just like the translating yeah. thing, like you just you need your characters to be able to interact without too much interference. And this whole like everyone needs to hold you know 
hold a plastic plastic thing on their <laughs> face. You know, it's just not going to fly. And it's hard to understand them when they're speaking through a mask, I suppose. Also true. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that's you commenting. I was like, life has meaning and he'll save lives right before. Right before not just threatening to kill everyone but actually doing it actually like destroying all those aliens massacring the alien spaceship yeah it's pretty silly yeah and also in hindsight it was a good thing earth alliance sent that cruiser because those aliens apparently if even with the cruiser they had trouble they you know it's a good thing they at least had it there it would have been a little more interesting had like the other world sent ships rather than these aliens that would have been a little more interesting because that would have posed like a huge diplomatic incident. Yeah, and I agree with that. In this case, they just kind of write it off as like, oh, weird aliens showed up and we blew them up or they got blown up rather than yeah, like you know, I, Ambassador Jakar's I people totally, showed up. I totally agree with that. Uh, and they even said, oh, this could be a diplomatic thing. And, and Londo even was like, we're, you know, but they didn't, you're right. They didn't make any of the actual tension about the other races it was pretty much just between these aliens and the humans right, and then, right. <laughs> once again just like the other technology <laughs> that would change things it was it was snatched away <laughs> yep at least the Vorlons didn't at least do the, it yeah time. i actually yeah i wondered katie my wife and i wondered if it was the Vorlons, <laughs> you know before the episode started basically i do love the <laughs> how it ended with the brooding room the room of brooding yep. where you kind of <laughs> do some brooding yeah and then garibaldi's comment on his ex's husband's name as he's leaving this frustrated comment Re- remind me remind me these comments oh he was like deline comes up to him and is asking oh i see you come here too to uh make peace or find meaning or whatever philosophical vaguely philosophical thing she says and then Garibaldi huffs and comments, and then he's walking off, and he's like, "Really, a guy named Thomas or whatever is that?" I mean, <laughs> I forget the guy's name, but and he's like walks off all frustrated. It was funny. It was funny. I I think I was uh you know playing with my dog by the time the credits rolled, so I think I missed the last few yeah. lines. But that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I guess it's good they set up some more plot arcs. I wasn't I wasn't blown away yeah. by this episode there. If we take the two episodes together, what would you think of the first two-parter in the series? It was all right. It was all right. I liked the yeah. premises, most of them. Yeah, I don't know. I thought they should have leaned into one aspect. They tried to do everything. They tried to have it be like an archaeological mystery you know indiana jones i thought if they had spent more time on that you know on the on the mortal danger mm-hmm. of being inside the computer or the machine you know as intruders uh or or you know that could have been an awesome episode by itself or if they right. had leaned into the right. diplomatic tensions that this discovery would have caused in neutral space that could have been interesting i felt like you know mm-hmm. yeah i don't know I think they had some great premises, some great nuggets, but overall I wasn't blown away. Yeah, I think you, you bring up a salient point there with they just try to do too much at the same time rather than focusing a bit more on one aspect or another. Yeah, 
I think so. They tried to do, like, I don't know. They were they, they were going to give it the space of two episodes. It felt rushed, and so much of it felt sort of not that important in hindsight. So why why were we rushing to get to it, you know, is how I feel. Right, right. I think that's fair. But all right. All right. Uh, looking <laughs> forward to the next one. Yeah, next episode, for those of you following along... I think Andrew views himself in that category. Yeah, following along, right? <laughs> is Babylon Squared, which is a fun episode. Another one that really plays heavily into the larger series arc, kind of going into some other aspects. And uh, maybe we'll find out a little bit more about some of the other space stations this next episode. Ooh, exciting. Who knows? Exciting. Who knows? Don't tease me, Eric. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, before we go... A uh, little space news here. Maybe we'll start having a space news section. But uh, yeah, did you read that article I sent you about Hubble discovering the farthest ever star that we've seen? Uh, I did not. I, really I cool read the headline. I did not read the actual article. I'm going to yeah. be honest with you, Eric. I respect you, so I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, but that is exciting. That's very yeah. exciting. We discovered a star like 12 billion light years away or something like that. Thanks to gravitational lensing, which is really cool. They were able to discover a star in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe uh, some interesting stuff's going on there. And I think they're going to be retiring Hubble pretty soon, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I think they um, are as well. That, they, they've uh, actually it's outlived its planned life several times mm-hmm. uh, it, You know, in the past planned retirements because it still works. And it's still, you know, as we see, yeah. still takes excellent excellent images yeah it's very cool yeah. and, and of course stars that far away also mean that they're very early stars stars that formed very early mm-hmm. on that's in the universe one of the big yeah. deals with it they're thinking it might be one of the uh i think they call it like stage three stars or something like that one of the first stars to form after the big bang very cool which will be oh while we're on the topic i said this wholly wrong thing about the james webb telescope i said it was for high energy light that's not true not true at all it's for infrared and near infrared uh wavelengths yes not not high energy that's because there's this thing called redshift where stars shift into the infrared spectrum the farther away they go from us I mean that is true, but redshift is is actually quite a small effect. It wouldn't it wouldn't take something like from visible into infrared, uh, but it can right. shift. You know, it is it is enough shift that you can detect it. And specifically, <laughs> you look for like so like hydrogen, which is what most stars are mostly made of, has certain absorption lines, mm-hmm. and they form they look like a certain pattern, right? Like you look at hydrogen. Uh, you know emission or absorption lines anywhere and they look the same so when you look at stars and they have those lines but slightly offset from where they're supposed to be that's the shift you can measure that shift yeah the newest star it discovered i think they said has a red shift of 6.2 which i guess is kind of big so i don't i don't know what that means before then. what are the units on that <laughs> I don't know what it means. Nanometers, six point two what? Feet. Yeah. (laughs) Parsecs. Parsecs, yeah. Uh, But cool. Cool news nonetheless. That is very cool news. The Hubble. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Before we wrap up, Andrew, who was your favorite character in this episode? Well, I think my boy Lando. I don't know. I really, Lando. I really enjoyed. If I were landing thrusters, where would I be? That <laughs> really was, a, a, you know, a gleaming moment in this episode. Yeah, he's a great character. He's yeah, a great character. Yeah, I don't know. No one else blew me away. Yeah, Ivanova had a few, a few good as a Russian, you know, lines, <laughs> which are always, always fun. But yeah, yeah. I think Lando. I think Lando's my pick for this one. That's an excellent choice. Excellent choice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm kind of a Lando <laughs> connoisseur, as a matter of fact. I, I, I do get that. Uh, we are tracking things as we make uh, <laughs> our way through the series here. I think Lando's in the lead right now. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I bet he is. Yeah. Yeah. You seem to have an affinity for the Centauri. If I you're love in the Lando, hair. What can I, I say? I love the hair. Yeah. He's a lovable sleazeball. <laughs> All right. Okay, well... We'll go ahead and wrap up then. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, we uh, wish you a good eating. Good eating to you.